Hey, it's Mike Babchuk from Morning Man on Mad Dog Sports Radio, and you're listening to the Bridge Sports Podcast with John Lund. This is a guy who talked to Boog Shiambi, who talked to Freddie Coleman, who talked to Howard Beck, who talked to Dick Hoop twice, who talked to Tom Byrne. And for some strange reason, he made a crucial error. So he talked to me. Shut up and sit down. Listening to The Bridge, keeping you connected with all things sports. Here's your host, John Lund. Hello, everyone. You're listening to The Bridge, keeping you connected with all things sports. I'm your host, John Lund, the multimedia sports enthusiast, bringing you this podcast. What's it like to co-host The Morning Men on Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio? We'll find out more about that and whatever else I happen to have up my sleeve on episode 33 of The Bridge. <laughs> Greetings and salutations, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Bridge Sports Podcast, coming to you on Wednesday or Thursday nights each week. And what an episode it begs to be once again. I don't think I've ever been as excited as I am for this week's guest. Nervous, too, because this week's guest also will bring with him a nation, if you will, of listeners that will most likely break my daily download and listen record, whatever those numbers might actually be. So I wanted to be quick in getting through some housekeeping items with you before we get into that interview. For starters, it was announced last episode that The Bridge now has its very own phone number for listener interaction. You can now leave a voicemail or text in to 929-BRIDGE-7. That's 929-274-3437. You're now able to contact the show with your questions, comments, stories, or hot takes, and you might be featured in the next episode. For this week's show, we had several calls and texts come in with all sorts of questions for this week's guest, and you'll hear several examples of that throughout the episode. You can also subscribe to the Bridge newsletter through my website at londonbridge.com. That's L-U-N-D-I-N-B-R-I-D-G-E. So you'll be in the know when next episodes are coming out and who the next guest might be as well. There's all sorts of different contact information on my website. Under the contact tab, you can find out how you can email the show, how to follow me on Twitter, where you can listen to the show, whether it be on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play or SoundCloud. We've got a ton of different things going on, and you can find all of that on my website at londonbridge.com. Now, before we get into this week's guest and interview... Here's this week's segment of Sports News Read Like Real News. Golden State Warriors power forward and current U.S. Olympian Draymond Green continued his series of unfortunate events with male reproductive organs over the weekend. After ending up in hot water for hitting Oklahoma City Thunder center Steven Adams in the no-no place, not once, but twice, in the Western Conference Finals, 
Green then suffered a one-game suspension for Game 5 in the NBA Finals when he whacked off LeBron James. Now, Green has made the switch from touching others to touching himself. The 26-year-old accidentally posted a picture of his trouser snake to his Snapchat My Story, which made the image public instead of being sent to the person or persons meant to receive the pecker picture. Green eventually realized his boner and deleted the image about 10 minutes later, but the image of his Johnson quickly spread through the gallows of the internet. He claimed the picture of his one-eyed monster was leaked because his account was hacked, but later apologized that the picture of his privates was meant to be private. However, this could possibly be a positive omen for the Warriors. The mascot Lil Kev helped the Cavs win the finals. Perhaps Draymond Sergeant Stiffy could help lead Golden State to the title in 2017 and prevent them from blowing their load for the second year in a row. I'm John Lund, and that was Sports News Red Like Real News. So that brings us to this week's guest, Mike Babchek, the co-host of The Morning Men on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 82, coming to you weekday mornings from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to turn the sports morning show world as you know it completely upside down. The Morning Men are one of the most unique sports talk radio shows that I think you'll ever come across, and that's not only for the content that they produce, but the following they have through their listeners and the interaction that they have with their listeners who call themselves Foul Nation. Now, Mike Babchek and Evan Cohen, his co-host, held an event in New York City a couple of months ago called Falcon 2016, and I attended with my pretend producer, Eddie Ocasio. He was my date for the evening, and we were able to meet Evan and Babs, and they put on a live show for two hours. We got to meet several of the members of Foul Nation, and it was just an incredible event, something that you don't usually get the chance to do, to meet the people behind the microphone, to meet the listeners of the show, to really become part of that family. Now, throughout the interview, we're going to get into some of the behind-the-scenes aspects of The Morning Men, and we'll touch on what Foul Nation is, what a foul is, how that came to be, some of the different skits that you'll hear in The Morning Men, including some which are made possible because of Mike Babchek, who is crazy, open, quick-witted, hilarious. He's not afraid to talk about anything. He's not afraid to say anything. You never quite know where his mind is going to go on any sort of topic. You never quite know whether he's being serious about what he's saying or not. He's basically everything that Charlotte wrote on her web to describe Wilbur in the ever popular children's book, Charlotte's Web, and even more. So for this interview, I really wanted to have the opportunity to open up the floodgates and ask Mike some questions about how he got into radio, some of the different things that go into their show, and some of the different things that he does on air and even off of it to prepare for the show and just to live life. Because if you Google Mike Babchek, you're not really going to find those answers. There's no LinkedIn account. Really, all you're going to find is probably a bunch of shirtless pics of Mike Babchek. 
And there's probably a good chance that he did our interview without a shirt on, which is perfectly fine. I want my guests to be comfortable, and I hope that he was without wearing a shirt because that's him in his natural element. That's when he's at his best. I was blown away by his openness for this interview. He answered every question I had thoroughly. As I mentioned, nothing was really off limits. We got a ton of feedback from the listeners of The Morning Men through voicemails and text. So there's plenty of questions for Mike to answer. And it was just like we were sitting next to each other in the studio talking about whatever ended up popping into our heads. Not only did we have about an hour conversation for our original interview, we exchanged several different phone calls in the days following to tweak some things, to talk about some things. There's a slight possibility that Mike might have even talked to me more than he did his wife in those handful of days. I can't necessarily be sure of that, but I tried my best to at least make it worth his while if he was taking the time to contact me and to discuss this interview and to discuss this show. So I don't want to take too much time rambling about it. It's better for you guys to just sit back and listen. You can follow Mike on Twitter. He is at Babchick. That's B-A-B-C-H-I-K. I can guarantee that he'll be one of the best and most interesting follows that you'll have on Twitter. I have to say, this was probably one of my favorite interviews, if not my favorite, that I've ever done on the bridge. And I hope you guys enjoy it just as much as I did. Now, without further ado, let's get into the interview. All right, I'm here with Mike Babchek. He is the co-host of The Morning Men on Mad Dog Sports Radio each weekday from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and he's been kind enough to join the show. Mike, hello there. How are you, Fal? Hey, Fal. Good to talk to you, John. I, it was great seeing you at Falcon. It was great meeting you that day. I mean, you're a tall man. You got a bit of a belly, but it was nice to um, give you a good old hug, man. It felt right. The hug you know, did really feel did. good. You got, you're a huggable, you got a huggable type of body. So, I mean, uh, be proud of that. I try to do that. I don't have that on my resume, but, I mean, if you see me in person, I can throw one out. And it was great meeting you guys and kind of having a conversation about some different things that led to this. Before I get yeah. into why I greeted you that way, and some of the different aspects of your show. To start us off, the most popular question that was sent to me, and one of the main questions that I wanted to ask you was how you got to where you are today as a co-host for the morning show on Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio. Did you do any broadcasting in college? Did it take you a while to get into broadcasting? What is the timeline like for your career starting from your college days up to where you are now? Wow. All right. Well, to become a co-host of Morning Man, I got two words for you. Evan Cohen. Evan Cohen is the most talented guy I've ever worked with in my career. He was a huge, huge help, and he's been, I mean, truly, he's the guy to give the credit. If there's credit to be given for my success, now, I don't know if there is, and I don't know if it's even success, but if there's credit to be given, that's Evan Cohen. And obviously, a lot of credit to Steve Torrey, who, you know, really stuck by me at all times and was always there for me and always, always supported me. Now, to hear the full Mike Batchick story as we go up the path, um, I didn't. Um, I didn't actually think I was going to be doing this. I didn't think I'd even be employed at uh, at my current age. You know, I mean, for me, I would always take things day by day, week by week, you know, month by month. So when I was failing out of English in high school, 
my teacher came to me and said, hey, there's only one way that you're going to save this, right? You're going to stop going out and you're going to, you know, stop missing classes. But we're going to put you in an internship, a WISE program. Even though you're not that wise, Michael, we're going to put you in a program and you're going to do some local radio. He goes, I think it's going to be perfect for you. So he stuck me there. You know what I found out from this radio stuff? You don't got to prepare. You don't got to do work. You don't got to write stuff. You just got to show up and talk. Right. That's pretty easy, right? So, I mean, I was all about that. So I was starting with this internship in radio. And then you find out, well, wait a minute. Maybe work to it. You have to prepare things. If you're producing shows, you have to get stories. You do have to write things down. If you're throwing to songs, you have to prepare a line or two. So, you know, yeah, there's a little more work for it, but that worked out. That got me my first little taste of radio. Then I went to the University of Albany because um, a guidance counselor, my guidance counselor had a, uh, a friend who was uh, part of the board there in Albany, so cashed a couple favors, got me into college, and I really only went to Albany for the women. I mean, truthfully, yeah. I mean, I didn't really think about studying, and uh, I joined a frat, and I realized that all the, uh, the guys in the frat, especially the ones that weren't exactly the brightest, they were all communication majors. So I shifted my major, became a communication major, continued on this path right on radio. I also loved, you know, listening to Mike and the Mad Dog, WFAN in New York. Sure. Loved it. Loved listening to Captain Midnight. That was Steve Summers, who was on the overnights, the, uh, the schmoozer. I also loved Howard Stern. I really fell in love with radio both ways. You know, I listened to it not thinking, all right, this might be the career for me but sort of, you know, fell into it. And because I had a love and a desire and a passion for, you know, talking on, on the radio, I thought, wow, maybe this is the career that I should try to get into. So I signed up for a little internship at WFAN. had to fudge a couple of paperwork or, you know, just a few things, a few small details. I, I, technically, I wasn't really still in school anymore. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. there. But I uh, went to the WFAN internship, got that. Met Frances and met the dog, really fell in love with doing radio. I saw these guys. I was like, man, this is unbelievable. They're working a four-hour day, five-hour day. That's what I'm talking about. Who needs to do an eight-hour day right. and put in real work? Oh, my gosh. So I really started falling in love with radio. And then I started falling in love with behind-the-scenes radio. So, you know, producing shows was something that I thought was awesome, you know, going into it. You know, I got a couple other jobs, worked at WOR, WABC, ESPN 1050, Z100, 92.3, that was a K-Rock station, WFAS, that's local, WVOX is a local station, uh, basically everywhere. I would work a job until I was asked to leave, and then I'd work another job until I was asked to leave, then another one. So he said, all right, we had enough, okay, bye-bye, see you later. <laughs> so I would just keep bouncing around the radio behind the scenes, fell into Sirius XM, through uh, Matt Deutsch, who I knew from the fan. So he helped me out, got me in. And um, since I've been at SiriusXM, I mean, it's amazing all the different things that I've been able to do, which has been a lot of fun. Behind the scenes, producing NFL radio, producing other shows, you know, doing the good old board hopping. And then it all clicked when I, I started producing uh, Evan and Phillips in the morning, which was, you know, Evan Cohen and Steve Phillips. When Evan got in there, that's when I realized, all right, this, this is something. This is something. Because before Evan got in there, I was working at Mando Sports Radio. I was working with Andy Gresh at night. I was working with Gary Williams. I was working uh, with Phillips and uh, Chase Horowitz. But this never really clicked. Never really clicked. And it really started doubting a lot of uh, my choices in life. Right. You know, maybe, uh, maybe this wasn't the right path. But when Evan got in there, 
you could tell, this is a type of show that I want to be a part of. Something that's active, something that's live, something that could be fun. Not just your normal sports talk radio. And after that, I mean, hey, you know, you know the story. The morning men were born and, uh, you know, foul nation, here we go. That's right. Really? Really? So it's an interesting thing. But a lot of different jobs behind the scenes. A lot of different jobs in radio. See, people just think you accidentally wandered into Sirius XM Studios and they felt bad and gave you a job behind the desk. I knew it was a little bit more involved than that. That was easy to figure out. Well, there is, there is a, bit of, there's a bit of truth to that. I mean, I was there in the right place at the right time. But, no, look, I've been working radio a long, long time before getting to this. So in 2014, Steve Phillips ends up leaving for MLB Radio. And I wanted you to take me through that process a little bit of how you ended up going from that third voice on the show to becoming the choice that ended up being Evan's next co-host for you guys to work together and form the Morning Men. Yeah, I mean, when Phillips left, you know, that took us by surprise, you know, with Phillips' choice. But obviously, it it clearly worked out. I mean, because of um, the trust and the faith that Steve Torrey had in me, you know, just, you know, speaking up a little more and being a part of the show and, of course... Steve Cohen, who at first, you know, you could tell, I'm, I'm sure he had his reservations, you know, hey, can he really handle it as a number two? But, I mean, Evan had the faith and the trust. Steve Torrey had faith in me. And, you know, Steve Cohen, and because of those three, we were able to, all right, let's see what happens here. We're going to take Phillips out, but let's see if this can work out with just us. Let's see if people respond well to it. And um, I think people, you know, people have responded. I mean, Steve Torrey called me uh, a lovable loser which I think is something that uh, people can get into. They can relate to me being the guy who's, you know, married and doesn't really get any, but, uh, you know, a guy who loves to, you know, sit around and talk about sports, has kids, but, you know, I mean, like a real-life guy, the common man. Right. And there's a great mix, obviously, between me and Evan. I mean, Evan is a guy that, you know, he seems to uh, do things by the book, so you say, right? And um, I'm a guy who uh, doesn't do any reading. I don't read the book, so I like to throw that out, but... Together, I think we make a pretty good mix, and um, I think you know we as a team have really come together and try to put together a good show each and every time out there. Now, I don't know if we always succeed, but um, I think you could definitely tell that uh, the response from the fans, they've gotten more vocal. I think there's a lot more activity on Twitter, and I think we've really embraced a lot of the stuff that we did before in the past. With Phillips, you know, Phillips wasn't a Twitter guy, but I mean, Twitter, look how huge it is right. for a following. So I think that was a, a key element there. Did it take some time for you guys to develop the on air chemistry that you currently have now? Was it a little bit easier because you had already worked together in that environment? Was that something that just came naturally to you guys? You know, I mean, it, for me, it wasn't much of a change. Like, I didn't, I didn't notice much of a change. I mean, I thought you're putting out still the exact same show, and I, and I think that management eventually, you know, agreed. It's like, obviously, you take Phillips out of the room, it's different, no doubt. But Evan and I always had a chemistry together. I mean, we felt that even during, you know, when Phillips was around, we all had a chemistry. Us three together had a chemistry. But right. I mean, I was a voice during um, those shows, just maybe, you know, you hear me a lot more now, perhaps. Maybe too much. But um, I think that we always had that chemistry. Hey, somebody tweeted at me the other day that, um, you know, hey, Evan and Babchick remind me of the two guys from the Sonic commercial. You know, that's pretty, that's pretty interesting. You know, we really are like just two guys that are sitting in a room. Hey, 
And right. I think people get that. Look, we grew up in the, in the same area. Now, we didn't know each other growing up. We grew up in the same area. Everyone assumes that we were friends, you know, forever, right? Because of that, we have a lot of the same interests, a lot of the same tastes, and we know a lot of the same things and a lot of the same people. So it's really easy. You know, it's easy on the radio, you know, to sound like, you know, that uh, we're just a bunch of guys, a bunch of, you know, just a bunch of guys talking because, you know, in reality, that is every night. We are friends off the radio. We are friends in real life. So, I mean, it's easy for us to sit around and talk about chicken wings like we just did. Hey, is it an entree? Is it an app? Right. And, you know, for us, that's simple because that's just what we would do even if we weren't on the air. Typically, when people think of a morning sports talk show, they think they'll get the sports news from the day before, what they can expect to see the rest of the day. But the morning men pretty much completely flipped the script of how a morning sports talk show is expected to sound. From your topics, the segments, the guests, the interviews, every day there's something different, there's something unexpected. And as you mentioned, it's really just like sitting at the bar with your friends, talking about sports or talking about whatever else is going on in the world. To ask this question in a little bit of a radio language, how were you guys able to come up with your brand that we've grown to know and love today? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, you know, you say it's a brand. I mean, I think that would just respond to us being real. I think we're just real, right? I mean, there's no, there's no fake in it. I mean, like, you know, it's a real credit to Evan that he's been able to, you know, change the way he done, he's, he's done certain things in his past, in, in, in his career. I mean, a lot of these sports talk show hosts, you have to have an opinion on everything. You know what? Evan doesn't fake it. Right. Sometimes he's not passionate about it. He's like, oh, I'm not going to talk about it. I mean, we're not going to fake it. We're just not going to make things up. Hey, you got the, you know, last Friday. We didn't fake it. We didn't talk about the PGA Championship. We talked about chicken wings. That's amazing, right? right. Everybody could talk about chicken wings. And Evan even compared the chicken wing, because I mean, it was a debate about is it an app or, a, or an entree. And then compared the chicken wing to Draymond Green. I mean, man, oh, man, you talk about relatability. So you're on a sports show talking about Draymond Green, and we're talking about chicken wings. And it actually all makes sense. Who knows how? But um, that's what you got to do, I think. I think that's why it's grown. I think that's what people have come to appreciate about us, that they could turn us on. And whatever we're talking about, you know, we mean it. Right, if we're talking about it, we mean it. We're not faking it, and that's something that a lot of people can get into. I mean, hey, everyone can talk about, you know, sports and stuff, but, I mean, boy, to talk about some of the other issues in life, I mean, that's not always easy. Some sports talk shows aren't comfortable with that. We're just going to talk about whatever the main topic is of the day. I mean, if a bunch of guys are talking about it at the bar, we're going to talk about it. A bunch of girls are talking about it. We're going to talk about it, and that's right. what it's all about. One of the things that makes the show unique is the way that you're able to bounce yourself off of what Evan might say or how he might act during the show. You don't take yourself too seriously. You're quick on your feet. There's not really a topic that's off limits to you guys. There's a uniqueness to your commentary that you won't find anywhere else, and I think that really helps the callers be themselves on the air, which leads me to another submitted question that I wanted to ask you. Yeah, this is Donnie Vantage giving a question for Mike Babchik. Mike... Out of the entire personality you give on air, what percentage would you say is real, Mike Babchik, and what percentage would you say is the show, Mike Babchik? <laughs> you know, it's amazing. When people do meet me, that's one of the first things that, 
that's one of the first things they say. They say, oh, my God, you're just like you are on the radio. <laughs> I don't think that's a good thing. That is that's not necessarily a good thing. You know, I think you need to be a little different and to be a little more relaxed off air, but, I mean, I'm just not. And uh, I don't think that's helped me in my marriage. Um, I have trouble turning it off because I, there's no on or off switch. I mean, that is, that's me. Now, look, I'm like, do I come in and am I tired? Yeah, yeah, sometimes I come in and I'm tired, but I'm not about it. And, I, you know, you can't really express that on the air. But, you know, I like to say whatever comes to my mind. That's a good thing, I think, for this show. That's a terrible thing in real life. That is not a great thing. When anything that goes down in my personal life, I just say whatever's on my mind. You probably should have a filter. I don't seem to have one of those. Did it take you any amount of time, or was there an experience that you had to go through to help you develop the confidence that you've grown into on air and, and basically, as you said, let those filters down a little bit and put away that rehearsed persona that we usually hear on radio and really just be yourself? Did that take a little getting used to, or did you kind of have that confidence when you first got started? I always wanted to tell people you know, the truth, right? I always wanted to be real on the radio. Um, but yeah, it does take time, you know, coming into it, you know, you have to have to have a balance between, uh, all right, should I tell this story or not? I mean, how's this going to make me look, you know, is this going to, you know, shed me a, a poor light? But, um, you know, you know, after a couple of years of doing it, you do feel more confident to say what you say, what you want to say. Right. But I think that's because this show has allowed that to happen. I think that show has allowed it to happen. And, you know, the fans embracing that, of course, makes you more confident. So, but um, I do think that the callers, I think they feel like they can call into Morning Men and say anything, and that's what's great. Right. Right? They could call up, they could be themselves, and I think that's a great it's a great thing that um, that has happened here with the show. I think a lot of people have responded, you know, really well to the show because they feel like they could be real, and they could say anything, and they won't be judged. Like a judge-free zone. Before we get into Foul Nation, let me ask you to take me through what your typical day is like. What time you've got to get up, how much prep you guys are doing before the show, what you're doing when you head home, when you're shutting things down for the day. What's a typical Mike Babchek day like when you have to come into work during the day? All right, well, um, I wake up, my alarm goes off at 420, all right, which used, used to be a number I was into. So, Alarm goes off at 4.20. You know, I usually hit the snooze a couple times. I turn around. Everybody in my family is in bed with me. It's very strange. I don't know if you've ever seen Willy Wonka, but, you know, the grandparents and everybody else is in the bed. Right. And that's going to be me. Um, you know, I'm in the bed with my wife, my two kids. That's just great, man. That You can't really sleep well. So that's not fun. So then I usually get out of bed, you know, take a shower if I have time, all right? There are plenty of days where I don't shower. I own that, all right? Yeah, so some days, you know, maybe I smell better than most. You know, maybe some, I, I don't. But I'll take the shower, right? I'll get to work around 5.30. And um, from then, I, you know, I usually like like to fine-tune my, my bad bite. I work with Goldberg on rolling in sound and figure out, like, the best topics of the day. And, uh, you know, 6 to 10, you know what's up there. So we do the show, and that's from, like, 10 to maybe 12, 1 o'clock. I hang around the office because I don't want to go home. And that's obvious. So, I mean, I really, I'd rather just, you know, be in the office. You work on tomorrow's bits. You get sound. You're looking for the stories. And, you know, of course, you're pulling some of the best clips from the previous show. 
One o'clock, you know, I come home. I usually fight with my wife from like two to three. That's usual. And then uh, I'll take a little nap. I try to take the nap from three to four. So um, during that area, I'll either take the nap or I'll enter hand central station. So, you know, either or. I, I can't really recall exactly which. And then from there, you know what? I like to hang out with my boy. I, you know, I'll throw the ball around with my son. Or we do something better. There's an activity that I love. It's called watching TV. I mean, I'm really into that. So we'll hang out there. We'll do a little there. And then at night, I like to get all the stories for the bad bite, you know, the night before. Right. I like to actually, like, put in, you know, some of the scores. And people think, boy, that is so bad. He must be doing it off the top of his head. No, it's that bad, and I prepared it the night before. Think about that. So, you know, you get your terms, you know, for the update. Because, you know, there's nothing more boring than an update guy reading scores. Like, what's the point That's right. of an update guy reading scores? Don't we all have phones? You know, if you bet on the game, don't you already know if you won or lost? Right. I mean, the first thing you're doing in the morning is, hey, you're going to check your phone, you're going to check the scores. So we like to, you know, make that space to something that's worthwhile. We don't like to waste any space on the show. That's why you're hearing some of the best of clips, and that's why we've transformed this bad bite into something there people can get into. So, you know, I mean, I think not only do you have the topics, not only do you have these segments, but all that stuff, of course, there's preparation. And there's work that goes into it the night before. Goldberg does a great job. Does the would you rather questions, which you know I'll read and I read anything. I mean, so sometimes he'll put in a question that maybe wasn't meant to be read on air, but I'll just you know, hey, it's in front of me, so I read it. Right. And you know, Evan really works on the broader topics. You know, Evan's working on you know the topics that are going to get people to call in and stuff like that. You know, so that's that's really you know we all do our part, and all three of us do it, and uh, we try to put it together a uh, semi entertaining show which sometimes is and sometimes is you know maybe semi-mediocre so what time are you going to bed at night uh all right see that's that's you know i like i try to like i try to get to bed around 11 and you know that's late but the thing is my wife you know she likes to go to sleep around nine or ten and my kids go to sleep around nine or ten so there's an hour there that i could be all by myself that's right and that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Everybody needs that. Every man of the family, you need that. You need some alone time. Now, I might spend too much time alone with, you know, with myself, but um, I think you need that. You mentioned the world-famous Bad Bites, which is a take on Steve mm -hmm. Torrey's show after Mad Dog's Dog Bites, and as you mentioned, version of the sports updates, but with your twist. What is your all-time favorite Bad Bites topic that you've ever been able to do? <laughs> wow, there's so many. I mean, I think the the best thing that I've you know I, I think I, I really uh, you know something that I could speak about, something that I'm, I'm educated on, something where I I, I I like to think of myself as an expert is um, yoga pants. I could break down a woman in yoga pants for hours, and um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I mean the the debate that I you know I really the best debate I think we've ever had in the program is yoga pants or sundresses. I mean, obviously, yoga shorts is, you know, that would take it, but I mean, yoga right. pants with sundresses, I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, we could talk about this for days. I mean, it's the summer right now, so you got to, you know, you're feeling it, sundresses, but man, yoga pants, oh boy. So yeah, I mean, whatever bad might have brought that up in, I'd like to think that was probably the best one. So well, you tell me, John, you listen, to, you listen to the show, John. I mean, what was your, I mean, biggest takeaway from a bad bite? You have to put me on the spot on my show for a bad bites. <laughs> Jesus, man. 
<laughs> I like when you do a, a bad bite centered around whatever the it's X day, like it's National Donut Day, it's National Bagel Day, oh. it's National whatever day, and you manage to come right. up with topics for that specific day that someone has deemed National whatever day. Yep, you're right about that. So let me get into Foul Nation. First and foremost, the way that this came to be was, of course, because of Chris Russo's misspoken sentence when he meant to say, how are you, pal, to Steve Phillips when they were on the phone together. Instead, he said, how are you, pal, which I think he mixed up the beginning of Phillips with pal, and that's what came to be. You guys played that on the show and pretty much just ran with it. It just took off. And now there's this foul nation of loyal listeners, of family of fans of the show. We got the opportunity to meet at Falcon in New York City earlier this year. There's a huge family on social media. Many of the fouls have Twitter accounts just for the sole purpose of interacting with the show. You've given that outlet for listeners, as you mentioned, for them to be their true selves, to get away from whatever might be bothering them. Did you ever think the Morning Men would get the following that you guys have gotten? And what does it mean to you to have that radio family, many of which have become your close friends? Yeah, it's true. I mean, I've even given out my phone number on the air. So, I mean, I, mean, I talk to a lot of people, you know, on the phone, which is great because they really do, you know, my job for me sometimes. You know, they'll tell me when Mad Dog Chris Russo, you know, uh, mispronounced um, Neanderthal, and they had that, and they had that, and whatever it is, you know. So to me, it's fantastic to be a part of a community like that, right? I mean, it's great. It's great to have that because you have people, and um, John, I should tell you, my my baby, my baby's in the background, <laughs> which is awesome. See, real life. See, John, this is real life, okay? This, this happens, man. So to me, it's been fantastic. It's such a great response, and it really is. It's a community. It's a family. It really is. And, you know, Evan and I and Goldberg, I mean, we appreciate that so much because we know that there are people out there that listen, that care, that live it, and they breathe it. And um, not only that, they do it when the show's off the air. Right. I mean, that's incredible, right? It's not just from, like, 6 to 10, you get a couple of tweets. I mean, it's all day long, you know, continuing the dialogue and continuing to talk about, you know, just great things that, you know, who knows, could wind up on the show. So I didn't, um, I didn't foresee this coming, but I'll tell you, as soon as we played that clip, and we played it over and over and over again, how are you, foul? I mean, it was just clear. We're going to call everybody fouls. You know, people started calling up, calling us fouls. We're calling them fouls. And then that's why we got ourselves foul nation. So it's, an, it's, an, it's not like the greatest story in the world. But it's an interesting one because we came out of nothing. We were just making fun of dogs. Right. Next thing you know, everybody fouls. So we mentioned the big part that Mad Dog Chris Russo ends up playing in the show, whether that's from the sound bites you guys pull from previous shows or you and Evan doing impressions of him. I want to know what your favorite Mad Dog rant is, but I want you to give me that rant while doing your best impression of Mad Dog. Oh, God. All right. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I like this. Um, You know, we just played this recently. I'm into this rant of his talking about Paulina Gretzky. Uh, you know, you got yourself uh, Paul, uh, Paul, uh, Paul, uh, 90s uh, Gretzky there. I mean, you know, would, he, would he kill it or wear something, you know, that doesn't show up for underwear? 
I mean, you got Paulina Gretzky in a skirt. I mean, and you got the skirt with the, with the, with the lace there with everything else, you know, riding up on there. And you got the cameraman. I mean, are you killing me? Do I mean, you, you think Jim Krause would want to see that? I mean, come on. Let's have a little respect here for the golf course. Thank God that my mixer has a mute button because oh, <laughs> I didn't want to take away from that. I am a huge fan of the it's not, and then he names those football players from the Green Bay Packers offensive line, but you guys have taken that to a completely different level and used it for pretty much anything that involves a category, and I don't know how you have a voice after it, but that's the one that I enjoy the most. Oh, well, you know what's amazing? Like, I'm about to pour myself a bowl of cereal here, and so, you know, know, for lunch, I'm a very healthy guy. You know, I, I like to get the most sugary cereal and pour myself a bowl, but I'll tell you what. It's not Crunchberry. It's not shredded wheat. It's not Cheerios. Wasn't there. Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops. Oh, man. So, yeah, and don't eat the best. I mean, you know what? And I haven't realized right away. It's like, hey, you know, if we're going to do this stuff, you know, if we're going to have this show on Mando's channel, we got to hear from the doggy. Right. And I think Devin's idea to actually take the dog sound, right? To take dog sound and actually create little rejoins, right? So coming back from break, you would hear the mad dog's voice. Ah, welcome back to these two bozos here. You know, you know, and that was genius. That was genius because everybody loves to hear the dog. Everybody likes the dog. That's why they're listening to Mad Dog Radio, right? Everybody loves it one way or the other, and they want to hear from him. So what better way to come back from a break with hearing dog's voice? So now that's why... You know, coming back from break, you're going to hear, like, a best-of clip, or some would say a worst-of clip, and then you're going to have the doggy at the end. So you guys like to end the show with a happy ending, and that's not necessarily what listeners might think it is, and close the show with the guest that Mike Babchek didn't book that day. Since that responsibility is put on you, I want to give you a chance at redemption, if you will, and prove to the listeners you can come through in the clutch. I'm interested to know who's the most famous person on your cell phone. Okay. All right. Well, the other day, my daughter, Samantha picked up my phone and called John Abraham. That That's not the most popular person, but I do think it's a little strange that my daughter's hollering at John Abraham. I would think so. Um, you know, Bill Parcells is on my phone. I once called him. It's a house number. He answered the phone. I said, Bill. Hey, it's Mike Babchek, Sirius XM Radio. How are you? Never call this number again. Click. <laughs> I got Jim Lewin on my phone. What time I called Jim Lewin? I was like, Jim, it's Mike. Hey, buddy. He goes, buddy, we're not friends, Mike. I don't know you. I don't know who you are. Who are you? Mike Babchek, Sirius XM. We're not friends. That didn't go too well either. So what you're saying I have is a Tom Brady number. Tom yeah. Brady. Yeah, I got a Tom Brady number. I don't think that works anymore. You know, I think that was the phone that, you know, he, he refused to hand over to, uh, to um, you know, Ted Wells and whatnot. Um, so I, I don't know what happened with that, but I do have it in my phone, Tom Brady number. I don't know whose it is. But, you know, I got, a lot of, I got a lot of interesting numbers in there. It's just these people, they don't want to talk to me. You know, I could call them. They find that it's me. They hang up. So what's the point? Speaking of the it? phones, let me what's turn things over to the fouls who sent in some questions they wanted to ask you. And these aren't okay. going to be incredibly difficult, but we got a couple people to send things in. Let's start things off with Caitlin from Connecticut. Hello there. Caitlin in Connecticut here, or New York, or Pennsylvania, or wherever else Mike thinks that I live. <laughs> anyway, Mike, 
I'm wondering what your most embarrassing moment on air has been. Like, really embarrassing. A time when you truly thought, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe that happened. We all know you do not embarrass easily, so this should be good. Hope you two are having fun. Bye, guys. Gosh, I mean, you know, that's the thing. It's like I don't I don't get embarrassed um, often. I'll tell you a mistake I made once. Um, I was on the air, and I was talking about Domino's Pizza and how great Domino's was. I was like, oh, God, I love Domino's, 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 Domino's stuff. And we were sponsored at that time in that segment by DiGiorno's. So I was talking about the wrong pizza place. And um, my boss, Larry Longballs, actually sent me an email. And the subject line, it said, uh, you know, nice job. And I was like, oh, cool, man. And I, and I double-clicked and opened the email. But in the body, it said moron. So it was that. It was, that was a bad mistake. But uh, embarrassed? I don't get embarrassed. I mean, I really don't. I mean, I had, a, um, we had an update anchor come in. And it was Maria. And she um, kicked me in the balls eight times as hard as she could. Right. You would think that would be a bad moment. I, I thought that was one of that's a career highlight. Now the area downstairs still hurts. It's still recovering, but to me that's a great thing. If I'm gonna get, if I'm in a bad spot, and I did something really dumb on the air, or something you know happened, or these guys put a prank on me, I think that's just good radio. So I don't really have the uh, the best answer for you there. But Caitlin knew that. See, she's smart. Here's one from Lisa from Mushware. Hello there. This is Lisa from Mushware. I have a question for Mike. Mike, what is your biggest regret? Uh, getting married. Yeah. Okay. Didn't we know that well, was coming? Next question? Yeah. What's the next question? Here's one from Tony in Wyoming. Yeah, this is Tony in Wyoming, and I have a question for Fabcheck. I see that he tweets out a lot of pictures of him smoking a cigar, so I'm just curious to know uh, what his favorite brand of choice is when it comes to cigars. And then also, I, I'm curious, do you remember who the yeah, 2001 Seattle Mariners are? Oh, yeah, I have no recollection. I mean, who cares? Who cares about that? But uh, cigars, Romeo and Juliet are the best, the best. They're light. See, I like a, like a light cigar, and they're not too big. So, yeah, I mean, I love having a cigar in my mouth. I mean, you know, someone said I have an oral fixation, but, I mean, I love smoking cigars, but the best, and I'm only going to mention one, Romeo and Juliet's. Is there a beer of choice to accompany your cigars? Yeah, any one that's in my fridge. I had a feeling. So you're like, you know, you know beer, beer is like, you know, and you can, I can drink any beer. I mean, there's so many great beers out there in the world. I love beer. Um, I actually uh, just applied to be a beer historian. I saw that. You know, but for me, for me, Beer, it comes from a plant, right? It comes from a plant. So beer is salad. Beer is healthy. I mean, hops grow, come from the earth. So it's like, you know, hey, hey, you want to eat a salad? No, you might as well drink a beer. I mean, I love beer. So, I mean, my doctor has told me, though, seriously, that I should stop drinking beer. He said, look, if you really want to make sure you're healthy and if you really, truly want to stop with your irritable bowel syndrome, which I have, well, IBS, maybe I'm revealing too much, he said, you got to watch what you drink. So now I drink in front of the mirror. Think about that. Mr. Tony yeah. Mitchell, T-Bone1062 on Twitter. He wanted to know if you ever had dreams of being a main host on a show. For example, if Evan is on vacation, you might fill in his seat for his duties. Or if down the road, you might have the opportunity to be a main show host. Is that something that you might consider if the opportunity was there for you? Yeah, I mean, when Evan's on vacation, I'm on vacation. Like, I'm, I'm part of a show right now that is so 
you know, it's so free. There's so much freedom on the show that I won't want to change a thing. I mean, I think what we are doing right now is exactly what I want to be doing in radio. Right. And if you're solo hosting, you can't do that stuff. I mean, I love that Evan throws something out there and I can throw something back. I mean, that's what it's all about. So for me, like I like to listen, I like to make radio like what I like to listen to. I got to listen to Howard Stern show. You know how many voices are there in the Howard Stern show? I mean, there's so many other voices in the room. It really does scream that the show's alive. And sometimes you have these shows with one singular host goes to the phone calls. It's tough. That's tough to listen to. That's not my cup of tea. So I'll tell you right now, I'm doing exactly what I should be doing. And uh, I'm digging it. Here's another one from Lisa. Since you always seem to be getting into trouble, she wants to know what's the worst trouble that you've gotten into and how you were able to get out of it. And if it was bad enough that somebody had to bail you out from that trouble. (laughs) Well, you know, I was arrested um, four different times in my life. And um, there was one time where I was, and as you can hear, you see these children in the background. I mean, I'm a family man. I mean, this is all real life. And, you know, I can't control these kids. We all know that. So they, they run, they run the, uh, the show here. So there's nothing I can do about that. But, yeah, I was arrested four times in my life. There was one time I was arrested. I was on the roof of a school. I was just hanging out there. Not, not, I wasn't even close to any trouble. Just sort of hanging out. So it was a good place to hang with my boys. And um, the cops didn't, feel, they didn't see it like that. They thought it was, uh, you know, maybe we were trespassing. And, um, yes, I was, in fact, um, in jail and I had to get my friend, uh, my friend's mom to bail me out. But the best part was that I didn't want to tell my parents about it. And I thought, you know, I waited a day and I was like, oh my God, they're not going to know. This is fantastic. And then all of a sudden my dad came home one day and he's like, hey, I'm like, hey, what'd you do Saturday night? What'd I do Saturday night? I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. I was out. Who knows what I was doing? He's like, yeah, that's interesting because I read in the newspaper. That you were arrested. Oh, no. So, yeah. Yeah. Crime blotter section. So, yeah, that's not good. And the local crime blotter, they, they put everything in these local papers. Right. Come on now. They're just trying to get headlines. So, here's another one from Debbie. Hey, John. Debbie from Long Island, also known as Queen Sal. My question to Babs is Does he think that Bethany secretly listens to the morning men? Or does she have people that listen and report to her all the shenanigans that go on on the show in the morning? Uh, no. My wife doesn't listen. My wife doesn't want to listen. My wife doesn't care to listen. My wife thinks that I work at a bagel store. I think that's why I leave early, because i got to bake the bagels. So, I mean, she, I don't even think she knows what I do. And I don't think she cares. So, yeah. She doesn't have people reporting back. There's no spies. She just doesn't care. Which is a good thing. Right. As as long as you're yeah. as long as you're helping her pay the bills, watching the kids when she's gone, like we're doing right now. Perfect. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Right now she's at Mojito Monday with uh, a nice gentleman named Henry. So I mean look, it's okay. I'm watching the kids. We're having a good time. <laughs> Bill Zimmerman, the executive producer of Mad Dog Unleashed, Chris Russo's weekday show from three to six PM Eastern Standard Time. Shameless plug. He wanted to ask you, who gave you your first big break on Sirius XM? And he also added, if you don't say it was Bill, I'm supposed to then ask you about Bab Chicks Babes. Oh, man. 
Look at Billy Z. Uh, he's a clever guy. Um, you know, there was a period of time, maybe like six, maybe about six years ago, where I was working on the Mike and Murray show. And um, there was a segment where they would try to bring babes in for this Mike Yam guy. And I said, hey, instead of, and I believe I said it, maybe to Bill. Yeah, possibly. I guess Bill was in the room. I said, hey, let me go out there and try to get some babes and bring them on the street. And, you know, maybe Bill came up with the clever little name, Bastard Babes. Perhaps. Perhaps. Who's remembering, who's remembering these things? So, I mean, yeah, I did go out into the street, and I would go up to a woman, and I'd say, hey, you want to meet a guy who works at Sirius XM and does a radio show? And I would take her, and I'd walk her up the building, all the way up to the studio, and then I would hit on her to the point where she was so disgusted with me that perhaps she would maybe, possibly, find Mike Yam somewhat appealing. So, yeah, that was the segment. Bill wants to take credit for Bad Six Babes. We could give it to him. So you were his wingman. Yeah, basically, yeah. I would go out and get the girls and just, you know, talk to them. But, yeah, Bill was a part of that segment, so Bill wants to take the credit. Go ahead. I'm a giver. I can give that one to Bill. I mean, he, he right. doesn't have much. He, he's not doing too much. It's serious, you know. He, he doesn't have much going for him, so you might as well give exactly. him that credit, right? <laughs> hey, he needs this. He needs this. So, I mean, apparently you've been holding on to that for years. Wow. That's his face. But, no, it was a great job by Bill. And that was a fun segment. And let me tell you, some of the women I brought up in that studio were phenomenal. Well, of phenomenal. course. You were and the one, one picking them. them out. I know. And not one of them gave me her phone number. Not one. Well, but I asked. You guys might have to bring that segment back. You might have better luck now, especially after this interview. Once this gets out, they'll be knocking down your door, I guess. Yeah, that's true. But my wife would probably, you know, not answer. That's the problem. Yeah, okay. My fictitious producer, Eddie, who you may remember as the shorter Puerto Rican gentleman who served as my date at Falcon, he wants to know if you believed Daryl Strawberry's story about having sex with women during the game when they were on the road when he was with the Mets back in the 80s. <laughs> of course. Because it seems Absolutely. kind of difficult to happen, don't you think? A lot has to go in your favor for that to work out, especially if you're doing it in between innings or if it's the bottom of the lineup. Do you tell the guys to take some pitches? Don't go up there looking to get a hit. Maybe take a couple. I need some time. Do you take your cleats off? Do you yeah. scuff up the floor? Yeah. There's a lot that goes into this. You're right. There's a lot of timing issues. You're right about that. And did somebody tell you when there's only two outs? I'm right. There's two outs, right? Yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot of timing issues, but I think that somebody has to be on the lookout. And as soon as there's two outs, I think they got to come and they got to say, hey, Daryl, you got to speed it up, which apparently he was very good at. I mean, for me, I'd only need basically an out. I mean, like, I, don't, I wouldn't even need a full inning. But Daryl Strawberry seems like a pro. Right. It might take him a lot longer than a guy like me. I mean, come on. I mean, so but I, do I believe it's true? Yes. Absolutely. I think that Daryl could pull it off. 86 Mets. I mean, they were a crazy team, but they were superstars. They're rock stars. So, yeah, Daryl pointed. I think that somebody went out there. But how about that story? What a question by Evan Cohen. Oh, it was amazing. Daryl Strawberry. Amazing. One of your segments is Tuesday Top Ten. Evan throws you out a category or topic. You have to name as many as you can, up to 10. Listeners call in and try to guess how many you're going to name. I wanted to do my own version of that, but put a little bit of a twist on it. The last submitted question is from okay. Jared Moore. 
the executive producer of Shine on Sports with Adam Shine, which airs after your show, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Shameless prog for Adam. He asked in jest, I think, if you can rank who you think hates you the most on the Mad Dog Radio staff. So give me your top five from all the shows and all the behind-the-scenes gentlemen and ladies who you think hates you the most at Mad Dog Sports Radio from one to five. Ah, wow, guys. I tell you, there's a lot of people who dislike me. Why is that, right? Why? You know, I've, I've heard before when people need me. Sometimes, you know, they'll need me. They really dislike me, truly dislike me. And then months down the road, they'll start to like me. But they always say, hey, you know what? When I suspect you, I wanted to punch you in the face. Why? What kind of face do I have that invokes such violence? But if I had to say, all right, one through five, who hates me uh, the most? Hmm. All right, let's go with, um, well, Jared Moore's up there. All right? You know, that's why he asked that question. So Jared Moore, we'll put him in number one. Um, boy, it's just, there's so many guys. There's a guy in the newsroom who I, you know, maybe I shouldn't even say his name, can't stand me. Newsroom guy. There's some people in yeah, the yeah, newsroom guy. How about the talent relations department? The whole department really don't like me. Human resources, not my biggest fan. Been there a bunch, as you know. You know, not my biggest fan. So, I mean, they're not good. But, I mean, it's about the people that I think, you know, that I think like me. Those are the guys I'd like to talk about. But I'll give you one more name. There's a guy I think right now hates me more than anybody else in Mandela Sports Radio. His name is Andrew Goldberg. Whoa! You could always feel that tension. During your guys' show, and now we know why. <laughs> really? <laughs> now we know why. Yeah. Now you know not. I mean, look, and that's, and I think it's real, man. I got to be honest. I think, I think, yeah, I think that's a good answer. That might be the guy who hates me the most. But you listen, you got to look at it from his shoes, and you got to smell from his nose. My breath in the morning is rough. It's rancid. So, I mean, who could blame him for disliking me? Right. The door is shut. They have to deal with that for four hours. Oh, man. And I got to whisper at him all the time, so it's, it's not good. Yeah. So my last question you for you, you like to end Friday shows with what Mike Babchek learned this week, which wraps up some of the highlights of the show from throughout the week. So the last question for this show, what did Mike Babchek learn doing this podcast? Wow. What did I learn? Um, well, I learned that um, my baby behaved. I mean, only cried once, which is a good thing. And, I guess um, I have a soothing voice I, for her. Can she hear me? Yeah, maybe yeah, that's I it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, maybe that's it. Because, you know, I did not pick her up when she was crying. I just looked at her. Like, right, that's, that's the type of dad I am. I mean, I'm such a great dad that I can just look at my baby and my baby stops crying. Or starts crying. Depends on how you look at it. And um, as, as I'm looking at both my children here, and one is throwing a ball at the other, I want you to learn something, John. What you should learn from me is to wrap it up. Wrap it up. Um, but I learned that, you know, you're one of the fans. And so you ask questions from a fan's perspective. And, you know, it was great to hear. It was refreshing to hear. Because people do want to know about the story of Morning Men and how it came together. But I'll tell you a quick story about how we got our name. You know, we were sitting around after Phillips left. We were up there in the office with Steve Cohen. That's the big boss of Sirius XM. Steve Corey, that's the program director, Mad Dog Sports Radio, Evan Cohen, and myself. We're sitting there. We're talking about a name. Obviously, I threw out there, hey. Seven and Babchick. Like, that. you can't put your name in. Steve Cohen really wanted to just call it the Evan Cohen Show. Really did. Evan, I was like, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. You know, it's about us. You know, we've got to have something else. It can't just be the Evan Cohen Show. And then, I don't know where. 
There's a guy that walked by the room, right? We waved to him. He was outside the office. The office is glass walls, so you can look right in. So he sees us waving at him. Big guy. Sticks his head in. Opens the door, right? Sticks his head in. And he goes, morning, man. We're like, boom. That's the name. That's it. And from that, we got this. And that's a good thing. I hope people realize that many of the most popular segments and parts of your show was just pretty much by happenstance. A gentleman walks into your meeting, morning men, there's the show name. Chris Russo misspeaks, you've got the name for your fans. That just goes to show you what goes into your show, what makes you guys who you are and what the show is. And I think based on the interactions you're able to have with listeners throughout the day, not only on air but off of it, just signifies how much of an impact you guys are able to have on the station, on who's listening. There was a huge impact on this show in general, just from people chiming in with different things they wanted to hear you speak about. And it was a pleasure getting a chance to peel the curtain back a little bit for your guys' show and get to learn more about you and what you put into the show and some of the different things you bring to the table and some good stories that we might not have known before today. So I appreciate your time, sir. It was great having you on, and hopefully we could do it again sometime. And if I do get on Evan, you definitely have to send in a question for him to put him on the spot as well. <laughs> I can't wait. No, Evan's coming on the show, all right? Well, he's got it now. You've set the bar high. Yeah, I don't like to do that. You know, like, like in relationships, you should always set the bar low. Never get a gift on any day other than the birthday, or Valentine's Day. That's it. Or maybe the anniversary. Don't you surprise some girl with a gift. If you know what happens, to expect it. Keep the bar low. That's all I really, that's all I, you know, my, that's my career. Like, to keep the bar low. And also, the worse I am, the better it is. Think about that. Thanks, John. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yo, I got to, uh, my, my, my kid dropped it. Spilled the soda. Later, pal. That's going to do it for The Bridge. You can listen to this episode and all previous episodes over on my website at londonbridge.com. That's L-U-N-D-I-N-B-R-I-D-G-E. You can also follow me on Twitter under that same handle, at London Bridge. Please subscribe to The Bridge on iTunes by searching for The Bridge Sports Podcast or by searching for John Lund under Artists. You can also find The Bridge on Google Play, Stitcher, or on SoundCloud. Call in or text into the show at 929-BRIDGE-7. That's 929-274-3437 with your questions, comments, or hot takes, and they just might be read on the air. You can also find more information about subscribing to the Weekly Bridge newsletter for more information about the next show at londonbridge.com. On the next episode of The Bridge, we might dive into the NBA and how some of the players are doing over in Rio. We might look at some divisional races in the MLB. We might take a look at some NFL training camps or whatever else I happen to have up my sleeve. On The Bridge, keeping you connected with all things sports.